0: This one annoyed me. It said, is it worth offering a higher co-payout for a limited time if a property I'm listing is overpriced in below average com- um, condition? Normal co-payout around here is about 2.5%. The seller won't budge on the price after I showed comps and details. So I'm going to offer 3% if sold by in a certain date. Um, I need bragging rights for having the first <clears> listing on my team for 2023. <throat> Welcome to season two of the Real Estate Replay. This season, we're opening up the co-host chair to agents, lenders, and other professionals across the country. These hand-picked co-hosts will help us dissect stories told by sellers and buyers and help point out the good, the bad, the unethical, or perhaps illegal things that they experienced. Learn what to look for, what to avoid, and how to not get screwed when selling or buying. I have come across multiple times, conversations on real estate agent boards um, about private remarks in the MLS in regards to commissions. So one was full commission will be paid if sold at asking price only. If sold less, commission will be at 2%. And then I found another one that said, this one annoyed me. It said, is it worth offering a higher co-payout or limited time if a property I'm listing is overpriced in below average com- um, condition. Normal co-payout around here is about two and a half percent. The seller won't budge on the price after I showed comps and details. So I'm going to offer 3% if sold by in a certain date. Um, I need bragging rights for having the first <clears throat> listing on my team for 2023. <clears throat> so I get it from a seller's standpoint, right? You want to sell your home fast and as for as much money. The problem I have with this stuff, and and it's not just these two examples, there's like incentives that Open Door gives agents. If you sell them, if you have their client give them so many homes, right? Every, I think five homes, you get an extra $5,000. Incentives that should be disclosed to you but they're in the private remarks or they're in somewhere where I can't see it as a buyer. And, you know, I think that that is unfair for consumers. And so to help me understand this, I brought back the original co Um, I feel like I need to play that reunited song because I never <laughs> get to talk to you anymore. Um, but I know you, you have seen, you've sent me some, I've, I know you have seen <laughs> these before. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Like how as a buyer, do you know if this is happening? Is it fair? Um, and what do you, you do? You have to know to ask. Um, it's
1: better, I will have to say, it's better than it has been in years past. Um, but I still see it in the private remarks. Um, I still get emails from um, agents that have a listing that's maybe not selling saying that will offer you 4% if you bring a buyer. I see it with, with new builds offering incentives. And for your second, your third home with that builder, you're going to get paid more or maybe they have a $10,000 incentive and I, you just, as a buyer, you just have to know the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of a, a kind of a two-edged sword. I, I think uh, we were talking about this earlier. I think this is one of the things that people like Michael and, and Bill Wendell talk about, um, who are disruptors in the the real estate industry. But um, you know, the problem is, is you've got a seller selling a house. They're offering um, compensation to whoever brings the buyer, and so of course they want to give. They've listed their house at five hundred thousand. They're willing to pay a 3% or $15,000 fee to the buyer bringing the buyer's agent, but of course they don't want to pay the buyer's agent to bring a $450,000 offer. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I, I can understand a seller going, yeah, it's it's 3% if, if you bring a buyer paying 500,000 and maybe it's 2% if it's bringing, but as the buyer, the buyer needs to be aware of that and, um, and not pay 500,000 if the house isn't worth 500,000. Right.
0: Um, And when we say private remarks, I should mention, so on the MLS, you know, over the past maybe two years, you maybe start to see um, buyer compensation mentioned on the listing profile. You know, actually the Consumer Federation of America just did a study about this and Redfin was the only platform that consistently and prominently showed what commission was being offered to the buyer's agent on a property. Uh, Zillow and Realtor.com failed majority of the time, or they would hide it way down on the bottom. And so, you know, we're making steps for consumers to know if, you know, flags they should be looking for, if they feel like maybe they're getting steered. If every property that my agent's sending me is the same high percent in, you know, I'm not being shown this home because it's 2%, it helps you to be aware of that. But private remarks aren't ever shown on the public facing side of the MLS. So that's what when we talk about that, that's what it means for those that don't know. And that's where a lot of these comments are hidden. So yeah. like, how does a buyer, what does a buyer say? Like, do you just ask like, hey, are there any incentives for you? Or yeah, how Are there you know? any
1: incentives? Or what, what is, what is that? What is, what is, and it's helpful just to even know what is being said in the private remarks of that listing it may it may not even do with compensation, but what what else does it say? Um, but yeah, just ask them, you know, are there any extra incentives or what is the buyer agent commission on this? It, it's helpful to know if the buyer agent commission is two and a half percent, that's helpful to know because if this agent has been working with me and I'm buying a three hundred thousand dollar house and this is the third weekend that I've shown with them, they are getting underpaid. And then, yeah, so it's just it's just asking that 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 question and finding that out, uh, especially if you're buying a new build. I, I will I will say this out loud. If a new build is offering a ten thousand dollar bonus or an extra one percent or whatever it is, I don't see that as my commission. I see that as something I can give back as a bonus to my buyer, right? In 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 either applying it towards closing costs or getting the builder to um, you know add some kind of upgrade, that is not. First of all, working with the builder is easier as an agent. There's a lot of reasons you need to work with an agent when you're buying a new build, like a lot of reasons. But it's still easier as an agent because they're usually closing at a certain title company. They're taking care of paperwork. They're writing the contract. Um, it's, we, we do it. I do, always do a pre-inspection or mm-hmm. do an inspection when you're doing a, a new build and, and get it inspected and don't, don't assume just because it's a new home, nothing's wrong with it and everything's working like it should. Um,
0: you should probably right. do a sewer test. It's a brand new new oh. brand new
1: sewer test, right? We had
0: friends that who built a new construction, uh, and they got an inspection, but they didn't check the sewer. And within like a week of closing their whole basement backed up because somebody, on site, flush cement down uh, no. somewhere within <laughs> the lines. Yeah, Um, and it had to be completely hammer jacked and cleaned out. And um, oh wow, you know. But how do you yeah. know if if no one? And you know, and you
1: know, me? here's the thing: I, I've never seen that said in a class to do that to have that done. Um, five years ago, I would have never known. To, I, I did know to have an inspection, but I would have never thought to do a sewer test. Right. Um, I, I know this really, honestly, because of Roger Wakefield, if you know him, because that's what he talks about. And I mean, in all his YouTube videos, and he's a friend of mine, um, is is why you need to do it. Yeah. I think that's honest- important
0: too. I think that um, from what agents have told me is that new construction, especially over the past three or four years, you have to pay a little more attention to quality and how things were built. Um, you know, not yeah. obviously not every builder, but you probably need to be a little more aware than there's a um, normally there.
1: I'm I'm in a neighborhood, it's an old neighborhood and, and a lot of homes in our area is protected, but there are a lot of homes really it, several streets down where they're tearing down houses and they're building these 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 kind of untrusted. They're actually beautiful homes, but this the motto is build them deep, steep and cheap. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and they look lovely. I mean, they are, they are lovely. And in the inside, they're lovely, but the quality, if you understand quality and how to judge quality, it is not there, especially compared to these homes, my longevity for a hundred years. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Those homes
0: are not going to hold up over a hundred years. Right. Um, I think uh, one more thing on new construction, because we're totally off subject of incentives, but. If you are going to use a real estate agent, like you need to bring them with you before you ever give the builder your information, like without, before you step foot into that office, because they will not compensate your agent if they think that your agent didn't bring you to them. So like, if you already met with the builder and toured a Mm -hmm. site. And then think you want to have an agent with you, like it's going to be tough. So if you're yeah, yeah. if you're going to use one, you need to bring one with you, like from the very beginning.
1: Yeah, you absolutely do. And 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 really, again, you you want an agent with a new build. Now, I would say this: if you're only looking for new builds and you're doing all the legwork, find an agent, negotiate up front. Look, I'm doing all the legwork. I'm checking out these builds. I'm going to the to the model homes, and I'm doing this. Would you be willing to um, put one percent of your commission? Towards the closing cost because I'm doing the legwork, right now. Don't do that if you're also looking at resale homes and you're using their time on the weekends and in the evenings, and you're going to see all these other homes in other parts of the city. They've earned their three percent. I guarantee you they're going to save you more than you would save by negotiating that commission. But just know when to negotiate and when not to negotiate. If you're doing the work, then you should benefit from some of that commission right. that's being paid by the builder.
0: I um, oh I, I when I bring up rebates on social, I get hammered, hammered yeah. by agents. And, and I keep having to repeat myself. Listen, it might not be for every circumstance, but there are times where I think it's fair. And, and this is one of them. Like our, when we built a home, mm-hmm. um, we didn't look at homes. Like we actually, we weren't even really looking. I just happened to go on like a open house tour with my mom and ended up finding something. And so the, you know, we didn't, say anything to our agent because she was our friend and it was probably uncomfortable about rebates, but I know that she did pretty well and really never had to mm-hmm. show us a home. You know, she would check in with us, but it, it's definitely not the same experience as viewing 10 homes and making a bunch of offers and spending all that time. It was very, very different yes. And in those circumstances. I think it's fair to, to have that conversation, but have it up front. you know, yeah, it, it's a, it is
1: a fair company. Fair conversation. I can send you an article. Boston Globe actually called me, and I think it was because of um uh I can't remember who it was that gave them my name, but um about should you um negotiate your buyer mm-hmm. agent commission? Is this the and one where you says, got that
0: really mean voicemail from? No, 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 really, that was a, different, a different one. <laughs> one?
1: Okay, <laughs> I know I didn't tend to stay in trouble with agents. <laughs> but I but there are a lot of great agents. And if you would look at it as a fee for service, again, when you think about the commissions, and I might work 40 hours selling a home and make $10,000, but maybe the commission's 15, but I'm complaining because I only made $10,000. There's a lot of people that don't make $10,000 in a month, right? The problem is, is that an agent may not make money the next month, or that may be the only house they sell that month. And then the fees, the cost, I mean, let's, let's be real, the, the costs, you're not really making 10,000, right. you're having to pay your, you're self-employed, you're paying your self-employment taxes and, and the, the, just the expense, plus you've got your gas and you, you know, that's not, you know, your company's not reimbursing that. Um, and you if know, you're new, you're time, paying your broker, probably have to you're pay the broker. So they're getting a percentage of that. So, so there's, there is all of that. Um, but. But that's part of the problem. This is why the buyer's agent is still stuck. I mean, the, the seller's agent is still stuck paying 3%. And 3% on a $2 million house is a lot different than 3% on a $200,000 house. We have 3 million agents in the US. We have 1.6 million members of NAR. We have 400,000 houses for sale nationwide. Right. Do the math and you begin to see, you know, you have to make up for it somewhere. I actually had a client um, the other day um, compensate me additional because of the job I had done. And Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, was, was, and I had gone above and beyond. So these really, he was paying me extra for services that were more like destination services, but um, which are apart from the real estate transaction. But I really wish we had more of a model like that. That was more of a fee for service based on the services that were provided, right? Some sellers need a lot of service, Right. Some sellers have already prepared their home. They're perfect. They're beautiful. I just have got a great marketing opportunity to have my sign in the yard with their pictures mm-hmm. on my website saying, I right. listed this house. I right, right. And it sold in I a day, house. right? It yeah. sold so quickly. Right. So why should that seller be paying more to sell their house with me than the house, the seller that needed me to say, okay, we need to do this, 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 this to get it prepared and presented right. Right. Um, send me with the buyer right? I may have a buyer for a $500,000 house. One finds it, calls me up. All I need to do is write and negotiate the contract. Another one I've spent three weekends with. I think the buyer that found it that just needs me to write a contract needs to benefit from that 3% fee.
0: And that's the other thing I got pushback on was I said, you know, what if your client, you show them two homes and they have an offer accepted and, you know, the time spent with them and the immediate pushback is, well, that happened because I'm really good at my job. And I'm like, well, to a degree, mm, Yeah. to a degree, like you might have a good reputation, but like you don't have any control over the fact that your client had the best offer because they're putting 20% down um, and because they have great contingencies or because they will let you stay in the home for an extra month. Well, they did the legwork I mean, right? Like
1: with my clients. I did that. In fact, I had a client last night call me and she'd already gone and driven by the homes that I had sent her. Okay. Like they go and do the legwork and, yeah. and, and she, she called me and she goes, those are great homes. She goes, but we don't like bec- this because of this or because of this, like, so I, you know, she's not calling me up now to go show her those homes this weekend.
0: Right. She did the work. Yeah.
1: Right. No, I showed her a home last weekend because they had driven by it. They loved it. And, um, and, and so, um, you know, so we have a, and we have a, a structure in play that will, um, first of all, it incentivizes her because I am doing a fee for service, mm-hmm to keep working with me Right. to not use that nice, sweet agent. They meet at the open house who is, ugh, would they like her? Right. Right. Um, and, and nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and actually if they caught me up and said, you know what, we really want to work with this agent. We'll do that, but they are going to, I am going to get compensated for the time that I've used. And unfortunately agents so many times, I don't know about a word to use for this prostitute their time, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they, maybe it's the opposite. They don't, they don't charge for they it. They don't charge. Right. Right. Um, You need to be charging for your time, but there's a problem in the industry. I cannot get paid apart from the commission and apart from the closing. So um, only a broker can, and that's, Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of the problem. And and so the the chances of getting that agent that they fell in love with, that they want to use to pay me a referral fee to compensate me for my time, it's just not realistic. It's probably just not going to happen, probably because most cases, you're not ever going to know that the agents ghosted you. I mean, that the clients ghosted you and decided right. to use another agent. Right. And and again, that's why agents can't afford to negotiate those fees because we work for free. Carl Slade says it best, talks about, you know, the reason um, it's done the way it's done is because agents work for free so often they overcharge to make up for the times that they're underpaid. Um, right. That was the um, article in the CNN that was, I got such a just. Exonerate just that awful email that text, voicemail. Yeah, the voicemail. Yeah, my favorite. It was because I had said agents are overpaid to make up for the times they are underpaid, but CNN left out the part about being under the times of course, they were underpaid. Of course, right? They just talked about me saying that agents were overpaid, right? Um, so, um, read between the headlines, and right. uh, but but that is a problem. And, and I get it. It's it's a hard business, uh, and it's especially a hard business because honestly, the industry is not protecting real estate agents. I mean, I you know I should get brave and have agents sign a petition against NAR from bringing on more agents. Um, we don't having them vetted or not making requiring agents to do um, a, a full year internship where are they, they are never yeah an apprenticeship. I do not like, require it for um, for appraisers. They require neat. it for inspectors, and yet not for real estate agents. They on paper, it is because you're under the broker, but I mm-hmm. I was sent on my first listing appointment with nobody there with me. Um, I was left to do it on my own. Right. And I was with a big brokerage that claimed, you know, took pride in their, their training and their stuff. training. I didn't know what I was doing.
0: I had mm-hmm. no idea. I had no business doing it. Right. And it's funny. We were just talking about this on social the other day, like the test doesn't really prepare you for the state test at least. Um, you know, in my state, I think it's like 60 hours, um, you need, and you need yeah. to pass the test by at least 75%. Mm-hmm. And the test doesn't really prepare you for actually buying and selling. It prepares no. you to like, not get sued essentially is yeah. well. How it, it was explained yeah. to me. I haven't taken it. So I can't say for sure
1: that you should take it.
0: Yeah. 60 hours.
1: That's a heck of a lot better than it's 180 here.
0: Really? I think, um, Stephen Brobeck was doing like research on the different states and how they're all different. They all require different hours. I had, yeah. I had an agent who lived in Denver who had some more stricter requirements and she moved to Georgia and they only required her to do like something very minimal. So a whole different state, a whole different set of rules, mm-hmm. very minimal anything. And they were mm-hmm. like, go ahead, like you're good. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know anything about this state, yeah. the taxes the you know, there's so much. Yeah. Right. Um and I think so many of the classes
1: are geared towards lead generation. I think you may yep. have seen a post that I did the other day by somebody very well known in the industry. And, the, and he said the number one job for the real estate agent is to generate leads. Mm-hmm. Like
0: it's knowing how to market yourself. Um, yeah. not, not to go back to it, but I did find the open door thing. So um you get a hundred points every time that you get your client to sell their home to open door, one to four homes. You get one percent commission of the home. Uh, when you hit your fifth home, you get 1% plus $5,000. Your sixth to ninth home, you get 1% plus $1,000 each time. Uh, When you hit your 10th home, you get 1% plus another $5,000. And I know 1% sounds smaller, but you're really, there's no, it's negotiating and it's handing your home off to them. Um, So anyway, but, but that kind of stuff, you know, you should know before
1: you're signing paperwork, yeah. right? And, and I don't understand open door. I'm going to have to say, I, I don't understand their model or, or anything because, I mean, I look, I go to these homes, I see these homes and, and they, they are typically on the market far longer than other homes. And um, price they rather don't high. show well, they, right. and especially, and when a home's been on the market that long, when a home's been on the market, 90 days vacant, things go wrong, mm-hmm. like just, systems fail like you need somebody living in a house in order for just the having the toilets flushed every day having water running through the pipes right um you know having the 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 the, the HVAC units running i mean um yes. you just have problems when you don't have somebody living in it i don't mm-hmm. want to
0: buy a home that's been vacant for 90 days right and they seem you know just from what i can gather from commentary from buyers who post about it online is they're not very open to negotiating much, um, mm-hmm. even though the home is overpriced. I'd rather sit on it and wait than, than have to give that up. Yeah,
1: and I wonder what kind of, if there's some kind of tax write-offs they're taking, if there's, you know, incentives that, because they're a corporation um, and and now they own the home, so it's their home. So they're able to take tax write-offs and things right. like that, that that compensate for whatever home that, I, I don't know. I mean, that would be something that somebody smarter than me needs to ask, but what is it that, I mean, that's why I said their their business model makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to say guess like in, yeah, in I'm Tampa taking some really big tax write-offs um, for inventory. That's not moving.
0: Yeah. I, don't, I I remember in Tampa, I would randomly pull um, one of the counties, like I did it three times this past year to see like how many, what did they buy it for? What did they try to sell it for? Mm. And it was like at least a $60,000 on average difference of what they were mm. trying to sell it for. And then you'd go on and look at the pictures and you're like, this, this kitchen looks exactly the same as when it was like originally sold to them. And then you look on the back end, and then of those properties, they bought over, over 20, it was like high 25, 27% Mm -hmm. were sold to investors with a portion of those being sold off market. Yeah. Um, So that's what I wonder is all these homes are sitting on how many are going to be going to an investor off market. Um, Look at us. We're so off track. Okay. I know. sorry. Sorry. No, that's okay. I find it all fascinating. All right. So how do you as a buyer, like protect yourself to make sure that there's no additional incentives, whether it's buying a new home, selling to open door, um, buying off of open door, because I know an agent had sent me an example from OfferPad, who was offering a commission for buy- uh, the buyer's agent plus $3,000 if they could get, um, someone to buy the home. So how do you, how do you find out about this?
1: I, you ask. And, and you're going to have to trust the agent to be um, up front, mm. um, ask them. I, I always, I always print off the, um, the buy when I print off a listing, I can print off one for the agent's view and I can print off one for the buyer's view. And I always print off the one for the buyer's view um, for the buyer. And I always have the one for mine, for me, but I'll show it to, I'll show the, the fine print in my mm-hmm. listing um, printout. So ask them. You know, if they've got a printout, ask them to see theirs. I'm um, asking, I mean, trust them, but but ask them if there's mm-hmm. incentive. Ask them to see the um the private remarks in the MLS from the seller. Ask them what documents are included in the um there's usually a, a transaction section that again you can't access, but it's a it's a file where documents are usually they'll have the seller's disclosure there, any other disclosures and stuff in there. But um, find out what other documents are in that. Also find out. What commission split they're on? What? Where did you find this agent? Did you push the Zillow button? Yep. You just there gave away 35%?
0: 35%, 25%. Right. Do you know Are what I heard working? that uh, Realtor.com is doing now is they have three buckets now. So there's the referral fee of up to 38% is one bucket. Then there's like the monthly fee, which seems to be smaller markets, which is like a couple hundred dollars, but you get like, shared leads with everybody. Right. And then they started to roll out to one broker in a city that if you pay, this one person told me they pay $20,000 a month and they're supposed to get first dibs on all the leads in one zone. So mm-hmm. like if, if you're, if dot so realtor.com is
1: picking who is going to become the top brokerage in town, correct, or because, stay the top brokerage right, in town. Right. Who has the most um, and, money and that's to a whole for. nother, and, and, and that's a whole nother segment we need to do mm-hmm. is, is to talk about that and to understand again, what is your agent
0: getting paid? And what's interesting too, well, this is a whole other subject, but these platforms show you agent statistics of who they're going to connect you with. And the ones that we have tested, it's the team lead. So they show you the leader of this team right. and they have 12 years experience but you're not going to work with the team leads, not going to deal with a scenario where they're making 35% less. Uh, So you end up at the bottom of like the newer team members who might, might be fine, but that's not the matching experience that you're advertised. It's very different. When I first went to work, uh, there was an agent in my
1: office that took Zillow leads and she just handed them off to me. Mm -hmm. I, and not knowing any better, I was running all over the city, all over the state. Sometimes it felt like following up with these ladies, showing these things and stuff. Um, and she, you know, wouldn't even, I mean, I, I don't even think she compensated me at that time. I was just, you know, I was, I was wanting to learn and she was a brilliant
0: real estate agent. Mm. That's fun. All right. We have plenty of other stories we can do next time. I'm glad, you I'm glad we got, got to do this because it's been a lot of while. To edit. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. And I, um, I found replacements for you for season two, but it's just not the same. Have a story you think would help future sellers and buyers or have a question about how everything works? Reach out to us at realestateforconsumers.com.